It is a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to share God's holy word with you today. Thank you, Pastor Doug. And Doug and I have been friends, and Doug has been in my life since I first started pastoring. Uh, and I have also developed a great relationship with Pastor Jeff Miller, who is my close friend, and Pastor Sam Morgan, and Eric Younginger, and several others who are here. I appreciate you. It is good to see my TLC family here today. And Redwood Chapel is my family. We are two churches in one building, but really one church. Amen? Amen. So it's great to see everyone here today. Um, we're going to pray, and then we're going to read the word. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share your truth, Father, your timeless truth, Father, that reaches into every situation, mine included, Father. I ask, Father, that you would use this word to bless those who are in Christ and encourage those who are in Christ, but also, Father, I pray that you would touch those who do not yet believe, Father that they may come into this relationship that you have invited us all into. And we thank you for your truth, and may you be glorified. May we all see your son, Jesus Christ, more clearly today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be coming out of a familiar portion of Scripture, uh, Hebrews 11, 8 and 9, and then jumping to verse 13. And I will read, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as a foreign land, as a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. And then skipping to verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. I want to speak to you today from the sermon titled, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is Thy Faithfulness. Recently, a question was posed to me, um, and it goes a little something like this. In light of the year you have walked through, or just walked through, how do you lean in and see the faithfulness the Lord's faithfulness, when it may be tempting to pull away and get out. In light of the year you just walked through, how do you lean in and see the Lord's faithfulness when it may be tempting to pull away and just get out? It's a great question, and I will attempt by the grace of God to answer that question um, but the time frame needs to be a little bit more clarified. Thank you, Lord. Uh, it wasn't just this last year. It was actually almost five years and some change that I've been walking with the Lord through a very, very intense and heartbreaking situation. Uh, some years ago, my wife and the mother of my children was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Um, and she passed September 4th of this year. Um, and when we first got married 20 years ago, 
Um, you could have never told me that I would end up in this place. At most Christian weddings, we quote this phrase or we say this saying, make this statement, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. Sound familiar? Amen. But I believe most of us uh, are not thinking of the very real possibility that we may have to actually live out that statement. Certainly not on the wedding day. Um, certainly not when your children are still young. In fact, on the wedding day, if I could just be honest, most of the women I know are thinking about the festivities, their friends, their family, the DJ, <laughs> the reception, and how they look in that dress. <laughs> and most of the men are thinking about the honeymoon. <laughs> and the reason being because of how their wife looks in that dress. <laughs> but in sickness and in health, till death do us part is a very real possibility. Amen? Now, the situations may be different. The particulars may be different. And whatever you know, you're dealing with whatever the adventure that God has you on, whether it's marriage or something else. Christians, we all come to God and we ask the Lord for his blessing. And we launch out on this journey believing that things will go well, right? And truth be told, the Lord does bless us. But he doesn't tell us everything about the journey. If he did, most of us would leave skid marks <laughs> during the conversation. <laughs> but I believe that God does keep his promises, but I also believe that human nature causes us to want to dictate to God what the promise should be, but also what the experience of that journey should look like. Amen? Here's my list, God. Here's what I want you to do. This is what I want this to look like. This is what I want to happen. Wait a minute, God. Why are you adding all these other stops? What are all these other things that are on the list? Are they absolutely necessary? What are you really up to? What is this trip really about? So basically... We're dealing with two things, a misunderstanding of what the promise is and a false expectation of the experience of the journey. Hmm. When we do that, I believe the disappointments of life can steal our joy and make us feel like we want to give up and get out. We are, as believers, all on a journey with God. But because this ain't heaven, there will be some bumps on the road. So the question, again, how do you lean in and see the Lord's faithfulness when it may be tempting to pull away from God and get out altogether when it comes to our faith? Amen? Hebrews 11, 8, 13, 
Abraham may give us just a few points here. Now, I know that you have been doing a study in Advent, and when Pastor Jeff asked me to preach this message, it was rather interesting that I had just also been in uh, my devotion time studying Abraham. So I'm not going to reteach what he taught. I'm just going to point out some things and relate these timeless truths to my situation, which I believe can be related to everyone's situation. Amen? By faith, verse 8 says, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was received, that he was to receive as an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, so he trusted God, going out, trusting the Lord and saying, listen, wherever you're going to go, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to go with you. But he had no idea where he was going. Amen. And verse 9 says, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise as a foreign land, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. And skipping to verse 13, and all these died, all, all these died in the faith or in faith. Many of the heroes of the faith, they died. And what does it say? Not having received the things that were promised. Huh. But having seen them and greeted them afar off and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. God did promise to Abraham the land of Canaan. It's true. In a very real sense, the land of Canaan did belong to Abraham. Yet it wasn't fulfilled in his lifetime. The theologian William MacDonald made a rather interesting quote, and it kind of coincides with something that I've been studying and believing and understanding about my God, and I believe it is true, and I'm going to share it with you. The patriarchs all died in faith. They did not live to see the fulfillment of the divine promises. For instance, Abraham never saw his numerous progeny. I will give you children. If you can count the stars, that will be your children. Abraham, in his lifetime, never really saw it. The Hebrew nation never occupied all the land that was promised to them. The Old Testament saints never saw the fulfillment of the promised Messiah. Amen? But their telescopic vision brought the promises near. I'm going to say that again. Their telescopic vision brought the promises near, so near that they, pictured, they were pictured as having them uh, with joyful expectation or joyful anticipation. They did not possess the promises. However, those promises were brought near to them and they pictured themselves as having those promises in spite of the fact that they couldn't touch them with their hands. And while they were waiting on the promise, they were in joyful anticipation of those promises. Interesting. So he says this. They realized that this world was not their final home. They were content to be strangers and pilgrims, refusing the urge to make themselves comfortable. Their desire was to pass through, not stay here. Amen? Their hearts were set on pilgrimage. Mm. So it's not so much about the land that was promised. Their hearts were set on something much bigger, something else. 
Now, if you're like me, my mind instantly goes to the promises of heaven. Amen. But I don't think that the promise of heaven, as certain as it is to come for the believer, I don't think that's exactly what God is wanting us to see here. I believe the focus is not so much on the promises, but the promiser. The focus is not so much on what he's planning to give you or what he promises he's going to give you, but it's on the character of God. Amen? Psalm 84 and 5, you don't have it, but I just saw this this morning. It kind of blessed me. It says, blessed are those who make their strength, who make their strength, for they treasure, they treasure every step of the journey to Zion. Every step of the journey is not just getting to Zion. They're treasuring the steps that they take to get to their destination. Amen? So I don't think that the promises of God are just about heaven, the streets of gold, the rooms and the mansions. I think those are the perks that come with the promise. But I believe the promise is really, literally, a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Amen? Because think about it. What would paradise be like without Jesus? Thank you. Somebody's got it. <laughs> paradise is only paradise because Jesus is there. <laughs> Hear me. Clearly, saints, I'm not saying to you that the promise of heaven is not something that we will not eventually possess. I'm not saying that the promise of heaven is not something that we should look forward to. I'm saying that Jesus is eternal life. Amen? I'm saying that it's really about your relationship with Jesus that makes heaven a place that we really want to go to in the first place. Amen? But more than that, I've been looking at this one particular verse, and the verse is found in John 17 3, because I took people, uh, the people in the church, through uh, the, the, uh, the priestly prayer of Jesus in John 17. And it really changed my life's focus. John 17 3 says this Jesus is basically saying, uh, Glorify your son with the glory you've given me before the world began. And you have given me the right to give eternal life to all those that are called. And then he says this in John 17, 3, he says, And this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That says something to me. Eternal life is not just extension of days. Not only that, so according to Jesus Christ, eternal life is not just something that we are waiting for in the future. It is not just an extension of life later on. It is something that the believer has right now. Our relationship with the Father and his Son has already given every believer in Jesus Christ eternal life. When we repent of our sins, we turn from our witness, we trust in the gospel. We believe the truth in the word of God. Huh? Then what happens at that moment when we believe, we have eternal life. Which says it's not just about the things that we will receive one day. When we get here or there. It's about the joy we get 
or the joy we possess by having a relationship with Jesus Christ right now. Somebody's getting it. So what kept Abraham going? Hmm? How did he stay in the faith? It had to be his relationship with God. It had to be his relationship with the Heavenly Father and not just the things that God promised. Because he didn't get them yet. <laughs> right? This is how Abraham could journey through the land that was promised to him, even though things had never yet materialized. Amen? And yet, because of his relationship with God, he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that all that God promised him was true. And he could put his hand in the hand of the master of the universe. Amen? And he can go on a journey walking by faith and not by sight. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's like that old song we used to sing in my daddy's church. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Help me stand. I am tired. I am weak. I am worn. That's African-American for this thing is wearing me completely out. <laughs> through the storm and through the night, lead me on through the light. Precious Lord, take my hand and lead me home. It's not just about the destination, people. It's about the Father who is holding your hand. When we place our hand in God's hand because we can trust him, no matter how big or traumatic the loss, no matter how many life-changing, disappointing events that we are experiencing, they still will never match up to how faithful God really is, how consistent God really is. He has been faithful all the way through it, which says to me the point of life is not focusing on these things or these isolated events that seem to be overwhelming and heartbreaking, but rather focusing on how faithful God is while you're going through them, focusing on how we can come to know him, focusing on how I can come to appreciate him in spite of what I go through because in spite of everything I deal with the truth of the matter is God has been faithful he kept taking care of you he kept waking you up he kept putting food on your table he kept transforming you. he kept watching you over your children he kept leading you into righteousness righteousness he kept conforming you into the image of his son and he never gave up on you did he Amen. We may not have always appreciated all the accommodation or the amenities in this hotel state that we call it the earthly experience, but the bottom line is that God has been faithful through it all. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. We were not always grateful. We were not always appreciative. Huh? But the truth is, is God is worthy of all the praise and all the honor. And when every one of his children get home, the one thing we will have to say is, no matter what we went through, God, you deserve the glory. You deserve all the praise because you never let me go. You never left me nor forsook me. You stayed there right with me. Amen. When your life is based on waiting for the mountaintop experiences of life, 
living only for the highs of life, waiting and holding your breath until you reach what feels like or seems like the good life, then you end up ill-equipped to handle the low times of life which are surely to come. The focus of life is Christ. To know him, to love him, to experience him, no matter what state we are in, and appreciate the fact that he promised us that no matter what, he will hold our hand and walk us through. Amen? So, amen, amen. You can give us some glory. Amen. Amen. He deserves it. So, if God is faithful, and we have his Holy Spirit living inside of us, then doesn't it make sense that his children would increase in faithfulness? Trusting and relying on our God, displaying more like, more Christ-like character in the area of faithfulness. Doesn't that make sense? Doesn't it make sense that God would provide trials, pain, disappointments as opportunities to cause us to grow in our faithfulness? If it's about us becoming like Christ, then doesn't that just make sense? I'm just going to leave you a few scriptures because I can be long-winded. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18 says this. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And then Colossians 3, 15 through 17, King James Version. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in the songs and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all to the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So what you see there is be thankful, give thanks, let the word of God dwell in you richly, and then there's a one another part where we sing hymns and spiritual songs and grace to our, in our hearts to the Lord. In other words, what I'm saying to you is, is while you're walking through these experiences, the body of Christ comes alongside the brothers and sisters, and we see those who are in pain and dealing with heartaches and, and issues, and they say, listen, I got a song I want to sing with you. I got a verse I want to share with you. I got a prayer I want to, I want to pray with you. I want to, I want to hold your hand while you're holding God's hand while you're walking through this. They're the part that we play in the body of Christ that helps us to deal with the fact that some things God will say no to. Amen? It's about the relationship. How did Abraham lean in? How do you lean in? How did I lean in? It can't be about the stuff. It can't be about, you know, this is New Year's, and the New Year's resolution for me is I'm going to get cute, 
And I'm going to find somebody else who's cute. And we're going to get cute together. And we're going to get married. Everyone's going to be so cute. We're going to have little cute people. And all that's going to be wonderful. And then we're going to get together and God will bless us. There will be some things that God will do. Sometimes God takes some things away and he gives you doubles just like he did with Job. And you get cute together and you get all your cuteness together. And all of a sudden, you, you know, you're living happy. And then, you know, the truth is, is you find out even in your blessing that you're still going to have to hold on to God's unchanging hand when it comes to that person who's just half as crazy as you are. <laughs> the bottom line is you don't get on the planet not needing Jesus. Right? You're going to have to place your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? David said it this way, Psalm 27 and 4. And I'm done. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David is king. There's not much he doesn't have. There's not much that he doesn't have access to. And the king is saying, there's one thing I want. One thing I've asked for. Huh? What is that? Intimacy with my God. Closer walk with my God. So here's a question. Is Jesus your one thing? Hmm? Is he the one thing you're seeking after? Huh? Are you content to abide with the Lord all the days of your life? Even if you don't get some of life's perks? Huh? Is a highlight of your day to sit in scripture and prayer? Huh? And to behold his beauty? Huh? Psalm 23 and 6 says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'm going to get some things. I'm going to be blessed with some things. God is good. He's faithful. Oh, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what he's really after. Do you see it? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for all the blessings. I'm certain that I will have them. I'm certain that they are mine. I'm certain that you will do wonderful things for me. But my focus is I just really want to be with you. And there it is. It doesn't mean that God will not bless us. As I said before, there are some things that the Lord will redeem. There are some things that the Lord will change. There are some things that we will lose that the Lord will give us double for. But the bottom line that I'm seeing in Scripture, the thing that I'm seeing in Scripture is this. We're thankful, Lord, that I get to be with you, that I get to hold your hand. Hmm? Because it's not about the season. It's not about what he gives or takes away. It's really about your relationship with your faithful God. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. I am done. I just want to ask if you don't mind, Pastor Rick, when you come, can we get a quick mic for him? The Lord has instructed me that this brother needs to pray more often. I know you heard. Bless the, the Lord. Let's all, let's all stand to our feet and pray if you don't mind.
Let's all just touch and agree. Lord, you said in your word, it's of the Lord's faithfulness that we are not consumed. Your compassions, they fail not. They're renewed every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, we only stand today here in 2023, about to embark upon 2024, because of your preservation, your keeping power, and Lord God, your saving power, Lord God. We bless you, Lord God, for everyone in the sound of my voice, Lord God, that you called us to yourself, Lord. Those of us who know you, Lord God, we bless you, Lord God, that you illumine our understanding, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for your indwelling Holy Spirit, Lord, that has kept us, sustained us, empowered us, encouraged us, given us peace through difficulty and trials and tribulations, Lord. We bless you, Lord, because you are faithful. Hallelujah. And through it all, Lord, we come to know you more intimately, experientially. Lord, you said in your word, we can glory even in our tribulations, nor they work with patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope making not a shame. Mm. We persevere because of your faithfulness. We grow and mature because of your faithfulness. So as we embark upon 2024, Lord God, let us put away childish things, childish reasoning, childish understanding, childish conversation. Let us become the men and women that you called us to be in such a time like this. And as you said that the time will wax worse and many will fall away from the faith, Lord, let our resolve be greater. Let our resolve be much more stronger by your spirit. Lord God, hallelujah, hallelujah. When the disciples were asked by you, many were walking away. He said, are you going to leave me? He said, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. So make that real to us, Lord. You have the words to eternal life. Make that really clear to us. Illumine our understanding. Let it be the heart by which we look through life's trials and tribulations. And Lord God, you said in your word, thinking not strange when fiery trials and tribulations come, as though some strange thing has happened. We're part of the thinking not strange crew. You allow us to go through fiery trials and tribulations. You allow us to go through the refiner's fire so you can conform us into the image of your son. That we may show forth the fruit because we're clinging to the vine. Love, peace, joint. Gentleness, kindness, goodness, faith, temperance, meekness. You said against, uh, there's no law. I forget, Lord, I'm getting a little confused. But Lord God, let us demonstrate the fruit of the spirit. Hallelujah. While things get darker, let the light shine through us. Lord God, you said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in, in heaven. And then you also said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So, Lord, let us be bold in our proclamation. Let us be bold in our praise. You called us, Lord God, to give the fruit of thanksgiving in our lips. You said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So let us be guilty of praising you. Let us be guilty of worshiping you. Let us be guilty of adoring you and magnifying you and lifting you up. While people blaspheme and curse your name, we're going to be guilty of worshiping, adoring, praising, and magnifying your name. Because you and you alone are worthy. And Lord, if we really look back, we know you've been faithful. We love and appreciate you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Jamie, thank you, brother. Thank you so much for sharing the word. Thank you for sharing your story and sharing your heart with us. Before we leave today, we're going to have an opportunity to take communion together, to unite ourselves in the Lord's Supper. And so our ushers are bringing those elements down. If you did not pick up the elements when you came in, we have a single serve packet that has a little wafer on top and then the juice underneath. And we're going to give you an opportunity to, uh, to partake of those elements. 
Again, we do this because the Lord Jesus Christ commands us to do it as a way to remember not only his death, burial, and resurrection, his sacrifice for us, but also as a way, according to the Apostle Paul, to proclaim the Lord's coming until he comes again. And so we remember and we proclaim, and we remember and we proclaim, and we gather each week remembering and proclaiming who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. And what better way to end our time together than in unity, remembering Jesus and proclaiming Jesus. Amen? And so I'm going to give you an opportunity just to reflect on what that sacrifice means to you. And uh, Pastor Jamie's son, Jamie, is also uh, going to be sharing uh, just a, a, past, uh, a piece of of, um, uh, of music, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I asked him to play specifically, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I trust that you'll be blessed by his playing as well. God bless you as you partake.
Jamie, you, uh, you are a very talented musician, my friend. Uh, praise God for you. Wow. I want to invite you to stand.